You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Or you know what? Yeah, I'm a little bit of a jerk, but hey, man, have you seen Yellowstone? Those guys are, man, that's, I've got a cowboy inside me, and I'm defending my turf and defending my reputation, and that's who I am. Authenticity in our culture has become this badge of, hey, be who you want to be, man. Be who you are. Don't let anybody else tell you who you're supposed to be. And uh, our take on that would be, no, 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 let, let somebody tell you who you're supposed to be. Let it be the Holy Spirit. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor here today, joined by two special guests. First is lead pastor, Jose Abaroa. Jose, thanks for being here. Yep, always good to be here. And we are joined by Sunday's special speaker, the one and the only Sean Stover. Sean, thanks for being here. You bet. I love being with you guys. Awesome. Well, you get a great message yesterday titled Get Real, kind of in this kind of maybe sandwich uh, message between two series. So kind of walk us through maybe kind of what led you as you kind of planned out this series, kind of what were some thoughts as you kind of entered into Sunday's message? Absolutely. I've loved the series that we had, the His Story reviewing the amazing just passages of scripture and anecdotes in the Old Testament that revolve around people's lives, but really show God's faithfulness. And I've loved the series. I've loved that. But, you know, there's a part of me that always kind of goes back to, okay, but what, so what's this saying for me today? What's this saying for us? Well, how, how do I apply this in my life? And how do I make sense of a God who pursued his people despite their disobedience and continued to faithfully fulfill his promises and, and stay faithful uh, through all the rebellion that God's people showed throughout the Old Testament and the stories that we covered. And I just realized, man, as we're about to head into a new series, it's, it's a good time to pause and just kind of think about what does all this mean for me and what does it mean in my life? And coincidentally, not coincidentally, Holy Spirit led, I'm confident at the same time, I was just recognizing the amount of, of hurt that's out there right now. I mean, I think people have an amazing resolve and resiliency and energy when a new crisis hits and they kind of just find a way through it. And we've done that with this pandemic and with the racial issues and so much going on in our culture. But we're about the end of that ability. I think we're, we're running out of the hormone-led, kind of adrenaline-led ability to deal with what's going on six months into this or whatever the, the numbers are now. I'm just starting to see more and more people and feel it in myself and in my family. Uh, it's catching up. The, the lack of self-care or able to connect to the same resources we have in the past. And so been bumping into a lot of hurting people. So the combination of those things are kind of what led me to the message and Jose thankfully allowed me to teach on that this past Sunday. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did. I, this next question is for both of y'all, but when it comes to hurt, why, why even, I mean, this may sound simple, but why even address it? Why? I mean, I think a lot of our human nature is to suppress hurt or to just kind of run from it. And so why even bring this up? Because I take it, if anyone's like me, it's like, I don't like talking about my hurt and just even analyzing it within myself, let alone talking about it with other people. So why, why go there? Why, why is that significant as you live your life? Yeah, my, my experience is that there's this three-part uh, process to healing. And it starts with selfishness because we're always selfish and we always have our own ambitions in mind, our own you know, performance in mind. What do people think of us? 
And uh, so we start there with selfishness, but eventually that runs its course and we're, we're um, doing damage to ourselves or, or others. And people would love for then God just to swoop in and bring healing mm-hmm. and change. But there's a second step and that second step is brokenness. And mm-hmm. God usually takes people through brokenness on a journey to get back to fullness and healing and abiding and surrendering to him. And what I've seen is that the people that are willing to be open and honest and get to brokenness kind of on their own a little bit quicker through authenticity and getting real and acknowledging, yeah, it's still painful and it's not fun to admit that you're falling short somewhere or something's hurting or you're not succeeding at the level you want. But man, admitting that on your own is way better than denying and ignoring because God will continue to create, he will allow circumstances. The enemy will continue to bring circumstances and the brokenness in those cases is way deeper and way more significant. And relationships along the way may have gotten damaged even more than they would have. Your own ability to kind of pull through might've gotten damaged more. And so the quicker we allow ourselves to be open and acknowledge hurt and pain and and brokenness, Uh, man, the the faster we get to the third step, which is God's healing and his presence and his love. And so a message like Sunday, I think hopefully is just a wake up call to all of us to say, hey, let's let's acknowledge this so that we can get to God's healing and open Mm -hmm. the door for his healing quicker. Yeah, and to answer your question, Taylor, why why do we have a hard time doing that is because of that selfishness, I think that Sean was talking about at first place. And also this thought that church is a place where people who have it all together gather to worship God. That is not true. Church mm-hmm. needs to be, to be a spiritual hospital, a place where broken people come and find that sense of security that can only be found um, in Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, like I preached two weeks ago. And if we as Christians don't get that, if we as Christians don't recognize that we need saving or that we need healing, then we can't expect the world to accept a savior if, they, if we don't recognize that we need saving ourselves. And so there is this sense of Christians, you know, this sense of thinking that Christians have to have it all together. And when I'm at church, I need to pretend like I have it all together. And so we build up these walls. There's this culture of um, performance. And I think that what I would love, I mean, what I want, the type of pastor that I want to be in the type of church that I want Cypress Creek Church to be is one that's authentic and real and that goes uh, there when faced with how am I really doing? And when you really take a, a, a look inside, you start going through that brokenness and, and, the, and then that healing. I personally, I love getting excited about things. I get excited quickly. And when I do hit that wall or when I do feel that sense of, oh man, that's exactly when I know that I need to turn to God. Because if I don't turn to God, I'll start turning to other things, uh, what people think about me or um, other stuff. And instead of those things, as Christians, we need to be going to the Lord. And we need to be turning to him as broken people rather than trying to pretend like we have it all together. I love what you said there. I I thought about it when I was putting the message together and didn't say, but I think it's the Statue of Liberty at Ellis Mm -hmm. Island that says something like, bring us, you're tired, you're poor, you're broken. And I thought, man, that's what the church ought to be. We need to be saying, bring bring that Um, because that's what Jesus wants to do. Heal the sick, heal the brokenhearted, set the captives free. 
Yeah, no, that's really good. And Sean, when it came to just assessing our own hearts, you even kind of broke out just a list. You had a graphic that listed out like pain, wounds, fear, hurts, truth, uh, gifts, love, fruits, kind of all that kind of encompassing the heart. So kind of one question I had was, how do you assess the influence of your heart? Like how your how that your heart influences your current behavior? Like how are those two linked? Because you have alluded to that as far as just, you need to really kind of check your heart first because it is going to influence your behavior. But how do you practically, how do you do that? How do you def- identify those kind of characteristics. Yeah, absolutely. Given that the heart is the wellspring of life, whatever is in there, the the issues of life are flowing from that. So you want to be able to do a good heart check. And I think David, King David, gives us the best example of that in Psalm 139, verse 23. He says, Lord, search my heart. Mm -hmm. Look inside me and let me know if there's any anxious or fearful ways. See, you got to realize this is pretty far in. David's done a lot of pretty crazy things. I mean, things that were out of character for who God made him to be. Uh, Things that were out and out sin or, I mean, big, big time issues that he had done wrong. And he finally pauses and is like, Lord, I know something's going on inside me that's causing me to act in ways that are out of character Mm -hmm. for who you created. And, uh, you know, that's why I think at the end of the day, God looks back at David and said, this is a man after my own heart. And we would look at him and say, but he did all those other things wrong. But yeah, but he was willing to pause with God and say, hey, check in on my heart. Help me know what's in there. And it's really that practical and on one hand simple and on another hand very difficult. And that is to get alone and get quiet and pray. Lord, search my heart and tell me what's going on in there. Are there some wounds or some some pain or some fear or some hurts? that are causing me to act so defensively around some people or so angrily around others or that are creating anxiety that seems out of proportion for what's happening around me. And I think, honestly, those are kind of the easiest things to see first. It's it's harder to look in your heart almost than it is to see your behavior. Mm-hmm. So for some people, it's easier to first say, wait a minute, I don't usually... I don't usually snap at my teenager mm-hmm. that way, or I don't usually get that defensive around my wife, or, man, I was just honking at people in traffic who cut me off, and usually I'm pretty good about that, but my level of anxiety or arousal is higher than it usually is. Take note of your behavior, and then realize that that behavior is the result of something that's going on in your heart. Yeah. So that's kind of the practical way to go at it. That's really good. And uh, another point you kind of mentioned yesterday was this idea of authenticity. And y'all both kind of touched on it already uh, just today. But one of the things you mentioned is even just as a culture, kind of many have even adapted this just even recently as far as just pushing for authenticity. But one thing I thought was neat, and I'd love for you to elaborate, Sean, is just kind of the idea that authenticity is not uh, the ends as far as like just, you know, that's the end all be all, but it's more of a means to get there. So can you maybe elaborate just a little bit of why that's important to clarify, uh, particularly just as a church as we kind of dive into this. Yeah, it can get confusing because the reality is um, true biblical authenticity is us living in line with who God created us to be, Um, living in line with the reflection of his image that he deposited in us. And that's a really great thing. Our culture's kind of tweaked it a little bit and and it's kind of like authenticity is just being okay with what you feel and how you're acting. So you know what? I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'm kind of aloof and standoffish. That's who I am. I'm, I now understand that about myself, and so I have an excuse to not really hang out with people. Like, God made me that way, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, 
And uh, or you know what? Yeah, I'm a little bit of a jerk, but mm-hmm. hey, man, have you seen Yellowstone? Those guys are man. That's I'm got a cowboy inside me, and I'm defending my turf and defending yeah. my reputation, and that's who I am. Authenticity in our culture has become this badge of hey, be who you want to be, mm-hmm. man. Be who you are. Don't let anybody else tell you who you're supposed to be. And uh, our take on that would be no, no, let let somebody tell you who you're supposed to be. Right. Let it be the Holy Spirit. Right. And uh, but. Be real. Now, be genuine with where you are, but just know that may not be where you're supposed to end up. So right now, I'm hurting. Right now, I'm an angry person. Right now, I'm isolating myself and don't want to be around people. Whatever the case is, that's authenticity. That's real. Then the next step is, okay, Lord, if that's where I am, where do you want me to be? You may say, well, you know what? I want I want you to recharge by yourself, and I want you to have pockets of time like that, but I still want you to have relationships, yeah. deep relationships with a few people that you invest in. Or, you know what? I, I love that you get a little anxious sometimes because there's passion inside you. God may say that to somebody, and I created that passion in you, but use that passion to motivate others and to care for others and to encourage others and cheer others on. Don't use that passion to hurt people. And mm-hmm. so that's where authenticity comes in. Let's let's be real. Let's just let the Lord, you know, reveal to us exactly where we are and exactly what we're feeling. Then let's take the next step of asking him, where do you want me to go with this? Where do you really want me to be? Yeah. There we're living in such tense times. That tension is so real today where on one side, we accept anyone that's real and authenticity means whatever you do, what, yeah, whatever you want to do. If that's you being authentic, then great. That, that's, that's the end. But we have to remember that we're not the author. The author of our life is, is, is the Lord and it's Jesus. And so his purpose precedes any identity that we may hold on to here on earth. And I see that a lot in myself. I see that a lot in others where you really have to live in that tension of A, I need to be in tune with how I'm doing, but B, God loves me so much that he meets me where I'm at, but he doesn't want me to stay there. Yeah, He wants to bring me, you know, to glorify him. He wants to sanctify me and transform my mind uh, some way that I'm acting so that I become more like Jesus. And that's, you know, it's kind of crazy. You think about it, the most authentic version of God is what we have in the gospels Mm -hmm. when Jesus lived and how he walked and how he spoke with people. I I told the, the staff earlier today, I watched the Chosen, which is this mini series, maybe you've seen it uh, on YouTube. It actually does a really good job at presenting uh, not only Jesus, because there's a lot of other series that focus on Jesus, but this one actually uh, goes into the characters of the apostles and Mary Magdalene, and um, and 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 contrasts the love of God versus our <laughs> craziness. You know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, shameless plug there for the Chosen. If you <laughs> want some uh, holy binging. <laughs> YouTube, right? You can catch YouTube. it on YouTube. One one other thing on authenticity before we move past that, Taylor. I, I think that that three-step process about selfishness to brokenness yeah. to ultimately um, healing, God's healing and fullness. Uh, as a church, sometimes we make brokenness, the authenticity of brokenness, the end-all, be-all. Like, who's the most broken? Well, I'm more broken than you are. No, no, I'm more, yeah. you should, let me tell you all this stuff is going on. Well, let me tell you how bad my life is. Well, I only got two hours of sleep. Oh, I didn't sleep at all last night. And we just kind of make it a badge of courage to be broken. Yeah. Same thought. Brokenness isn't the end-all, be-all. I mean, it's all, be authentic, and if you're broken, 
that's a good place because God's ready to work with you. But let him work with you. He doesn't, he doesn't need a bunch of broken, empty, exhausted, wiped out Christians laying around on the street. He needs us to yeah. experience healing so we can go be ambassadors for him and bring healing to others. Yeah, yeah that's good. That's really good. Uh, my next question here has to do with kind of yesterday, Sean, you broke out kind of four categories of uh, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, as far as when you just kind of are taking this kind of holistic view. So um, that's just for both of y'all, but Sean, first kind of why, why break that out and why is that relevant as far as a lot of, you know, people would think from a church standpoint, we're just focused on the spiritual component, but why, why kind of go yeah, you hear a lot in our culture these days about self-care and the need to take care of ourselves. I think people are starting to understand that we need recharge and we have to find ways to do that. We have to unplug from time to time and that so many things like our cell phones, which are our little computers that make us accessible 24 hours a day or our social media, which allows us to know what's going on with hundreds of friends every second of the day or cable television and news stations, which let us know about bombs going off here and riots going off here. We're so bombarded that I think even our culture outside of Christianity understands we've got to recharge and have self-care. Yeah. But the problem is, as I studied that, I mean, nobody really had the right view of what self-care was <laughs> yeah. supposed to look like. Because in our world, a lot of times they're talking about the physical. <laughs> they're talking about, hey, are you, are you exercising and eating right and getting rest? Physical self-care is important, but that's kind of, they reduce it all down to that. You've got another segment now more recently in our culture that talks more about mental self-care, mindfulness. Are you resting your mind? Are you doing things like yoga and different practices to still your mind and meditate? Um, again, that's a part of God's, but it's only a little part. When you look at it from the lens of Scripture, then you start to see that, wait a minute, there's four areas here that Jesus talked about, that Jesus modeled, that God talked about. Um, repeatedly in scripture. And so that's why things like the great commandment are helpful. Man, it's, yeah. it talks about four areas where love gets transferred around. Mm -hmm. And it's the same exact four areas that you just mentioned, Taylor. You know, heart, soul, mind, and strength is, you know, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically. Same thing with Jesus. We don't know what he did much at all from the age of 13 to 30, preparing for a ministry that would change the world. Only thing we got is one verse, Luke 2.52. And it just says he grew in four areas. Well, guess what? The beauty of scripture, the same exact four areas again, yeah. emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically. So those areas are just important to God. I think they're the, they're the totality of who we are when it all comes together. And so that's why I think we need to pay attention to that. And most people take good care of themselves in one or two yeah. and a little less than another. Like when you look at the list, Taylor, which one of those most naturally do you do? Getting well? called out. I know. Uh <laughs> I don't know, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe emotional. I'd say okay. maybe that's the one that would be easier for me. Yeah, I can see that because you do, man. You relationally connect well with people. I think you know when you need to be around somebody that's life-giving to you and have a good conversation. Um, I think you, you probably attend to what's going on and what you're feeling pretty well. And that's great, but that's only 25% of your self-care. And, you know, you can be a champion in one area and neglect the other three and end up pretty empty and exhausted, which just means then you're susceptible to all the things the enemy's going to throw at you and all the anxiety of the world and the depression that can creep in and all those wounds and fears. And that's what those four areas are about. It's like, how do we do the best job we can to be proactive and be ready 
uh, when an attack may come. How about you, Jose? What do you think of those four areas? Right now, it's pretty obvious. It's physical. <laughs> I'm not nearly as active uh, as I want to be or need to be. So I feel that one lacking. And, and Taylor uh, will tell me that. She, she'll tell me, hey, you haven't gone on a run recently. Can you go on a run. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love that. You said that you mentioned your wife, Taylor, in that. And, um, this, I don't, I'm assuming Taylor, you don't tell him to go on a run. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Taylor, my (laughs) wife, Taylor A, not Taylor C. Taylor A. We'll start telling him to go on a run if if we want to. (laughs) It's actually cool if you're in a marriage because you can see your, you'll be the first one to see your spouse looking empty or exhausted or tired. And if you know these four areas, then you can do something to help them. Like I, and they're just times, particularly when the kids were younger, I would come home and Christina would be wiped out. Mm -hmm. And I would say to her, Hey, let me, let me take care of the kids. And why don't you go in there and get you a bath and just sit in the bath for a while. She'd turn some worship music on, sit in the, I don't know well she was doing there because I had the kids and we were running around the yard trying to just get out of her hair. Um, But, Given her that hour, man, she would come back and look like a totally different person. Yeah. And I think that's what a good spouse does. I mean, there were so many other times when I would come home empty and exhausted, and she looked empty and exhausted, and we would just get in a fight about who was more empty and exhausted, and <laughs> uh, that didn't work out so well. She does a great job with me, too. She, she sees when I'm in a bad spot, and she'll just be like, hey, why don't you just go play nine holes of golf, be by yourself? Because she knows if I'm if I'm... Walking around a golf course, I, I'm connected to the Lord. I love connecting with Him in nature. So spiritually, mm-hmm. I get to a better place. I don't take my phone. So mentally, I have no distraction. And uh, physically, I'm just, I'm outside and doing something physical. So one little activity can create recharge in a lot of areas. So I have a question for you. You said nine holes, not 18 holes. Yeah. <laughs> so she yeah. wanted you to be gone for nine holes. When do you know that you're meeting your needs and not going too far because there is that sense of balance with all of this. In the world, our culture is going to take it too far. So man, I'll never be healthy enough. Uh, I'll always need more resources for me, 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 me. And self-care when gone too far ends up being selfish. Um, So when, when, when do you know that, you know, that boundary? I don't think that you know the boundary as well as you just know the motivation behind it. And so if the motivation behind it is, you know what, I want to recharge because I need to get back in the game, man. I need to get back in the game for my wife. I need to get back in the game for my kids. I need to get back in the game for my Lord. Yeah. Um, that's He's cool with that. I mean, Jesus himself, the disciples went away, did some ministry. They came back. They look wiped out to him. And he said to them, hey, let's send these crowds of people away and let's just go away together and hang out a little bit. Now get that. Jesus had the answer for the crowds of people. That wasn't it wasn't like let's send them over there to that other apostle or you know there was nowhere else for them to go, but he saw that his guys were wiped out. Mm-hmm. He says, "Let's go recharge together." You know, Jesus himself said one time, you know, I'm going to withdraw to the, I mean, he would do that. He would withdraw to the wilderness to pray and recharge spiritually with the Lord. Um, He modeled that. And we would never consider Jesus selfish. We would know that he was recharging so that he could be ready to get back in the game for God. And he was doing that with his, letting his disciples do the same thing. Boom. Boom. I also think, uh, the source of the recharge. So you're plugging into the source mm-hmm. and you're asking for the Lord as you're playing golf and probably hitting maybe not a lot, but a few bad swings, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just a few, maybe one or two. And you sense that you're being refilled and, and refueled because you're worshiping the Lord yeah. when you're out there. Yeah. Um, 
I feel that when I have a soccer ball on my feet if, for whatever reason. Yeah. But bottom line is the source is our Lord. It's not a therapist. It's not a, a book. It's not yeah. uh, some mantra. It's, it's yeah. the living God. Yeah. Um, so who can work through any of those things? A sure. golf club, a soccer ball, That's a therapist, right. but ultimately right. he, he is the source. You hit on something that it's important to note um, here, and that is that recharge looks different for different people. So, I uh, mean, I would hate for somebody to be listening to this and, and, you know, that stinks at golf, hates the game, but goes into his <laughs> wife and says, man, I just heard that I'm supposed to go golf. And probably doesn't like soccer. To recharge. Yeah, I don't even know any, <laughs> surely no one's listening that would go to soccer for recharge. But uh, no, the, the point is you got to know your, look at the four areas and think for yourself, what would recharge you in those four areas? And it's going to be different for different people. I mean, cranking, Praise and worship music up as loud as possible and driving around in the Jeep recharges my wife spiritually. Not me, man. I can't, the, my hair's stuff's going crazy. I can't hear anything. And, you know, the loud music's getting, that's not how I recharge spiritually. I, I do it taking a hike um, in the woods. And so we all have a different definition for ourselves of what recharges us. But that's the thing. Is it motivated to ultimately get us filled up so we can get back in the game? Mm -hmm. And uh, second, is it really something that's being effective and recharging us? Because if we come back from the golf course more drained than when we went and learned more you know, curse words and use some more than we should have because of bad shots, that, that wasn't recharge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's good. That's good. I love too, just you kept saying back in the game and something you stressed yesterday was just the idea that we need healthy, healthy people to help uh, hurting people. And so I want to kind of have the last few questions focus on that piece as far as like helping people. Uh, and so the first question here, this may be a, a challenge, a loaded question, but how do I help someone or have a heart to help someone that I just don't mesh with, or I just have been with for way too long? Like, how do you kind of, how do you help someone when you know that's what, who God wants you to help, but you just, you can't bring yourself to it? How have you found yourself being able to help people that are maybe difficult or uh, hard to be around. Yeah, that's quite a challenge. It really is. I think we can transition from the self-care to helping others uh, using the very verse that if you get the daily devotionals, it was the, the lead verse this morning, just the way God orchestrates things I love. But it's, it's Romans 15, 13. And it say, says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. That's what we're just talking about, recharge with things like joy and peace. Yeah. And then it says, so that you might overflow with those, which is what the goal of recharge is. It's like, fill me so that I can then overflow that onto the people around me. And I think that's the answer to your question. If you're trying in your own strength to help somebody um, that your personality clash, clashes with or that you just felt, you know, it's kind of codependently latching on to you or resistant to the information that you give them, but then they come back around and want the information again. I mean, the, the hardest situations for me in helping somebody is when I feel like I'm doing more work than they are. Like, and that's just me personally. Like if somebody comes to me and they, and they're, they're game for help, but they just don't know what to do. And, and man, I'll help those people all day long. But when people come to me and it feels like I'm doing more work than they are, you know, that's the part. So I think we all have some kind of personality or something that we're like, Lord, come on, really? Yeah. This is the one you want me to help? Uh, Obviously, I'm still trying to figure that out too, but it has to be from the Lord and through his strength. It's like, okay, Lord, you keep bringing them around. Uh, one thing I, I have gotten better at and bolder at though, Taylor, is I'll just call it out. I'll just say, <laughs> you know what, man? It feels like I'm working harder than you are. 
yeah. right now. And, you know, I'm willing to carry you for a season, meaning a, a, a few weeks or whatever of our meeting. But at some point, you got to put your feet on the ground and I'll help support you and let's let's do this together. But I need to know you're putting more into this and your goal, and you, you getting to your goal is more important than me getting you there so that I can come alongside you. Maybe it's that clingy codependent person. You just got to call it out. You just be like, hey, listen, I just want you to know there are times I feel like you're, you're, you know, you're looking to me as your source for energy or yeah. emotional stability as opposed to looking to the Lord. I just yep. am an ambassador for him. Yep. He's the ultimate healing source. So whatever it is about that person that makes it hard, you pray about it. I think you call it out and just let them know. Um, it's weird, but people really don't know the impact they're having on other people a lot. That is the self-awareness. You know, sometimes it's just what it takes to wake people up. It's just to be honest with them. So people want to, people have to want to get healthy in order to be helped. Did that make any sense? Yeah. 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 Because if you don't, then it's tough. And I think in church, we can act like, hey, this is going on, but really you just want to talk about it and even live in it rather than put one foot in front of the other. And there's really only one healer. Yeah. And it's not us, it's him. So if he ain't healing it, then um, we'll maybe put a good Band-Aid on it, but it'll hurt when it comes out. Yeah. I take comfort from the little passage in Scripture, to your point, Jose, where this blind man's brought up to Jesus, and Jesus questions him. He says, well, what do you want? Yeah. And he's like, well, I, I want to see. And he's like, do you really want to see? I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. well, she's blind. Of course he would want to <laughs> see. But Jesus like knows. He's like, no, you got to want this. Yeah. Because if, you, if it's just your friends wanting it for right. you or just you know, somebody else telling you you should want it, we're not going to get very far. Yeah. Um, so I do that sometimes to people and feel like I'm being like Jesus. That's a good thing. Let's be more like Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So Sean, yesterday you said uh, this quote about how we are God's ambassadors and we want to be, and y'all just touched on it, but we want to be a part of his healing that we're not the sole source of that. But when it comes to helping people around us, what does that look like? How can we, I don't know, just practically someone's like, yeah, I want to, I want to help people. What, what does that look like as far as when you are surrounded by uh, someone who's hurting? I love that it's not overly complicated. People today will feel like you're in their corner if you're willing to listen. And if you move past listening to a deeper level to actually trying to understand them and, and have empathy um, and you add compassion to that, you've helped somebody. And so to me, I, I think sometimes we get overwhelmed, like I'm not capable, I don't have the degrees behind my name, I don't have the training, you know, I'm gonna be overwhelmed with the problems that they bring or the marital issue that they have going on or the issue with their kid. What am I supposed to do? And for people like that, I would say, can you listen? You can. <laughs> can you can you try to understand? Absolutely. Can you empathize and show some compassion? You bet. And if you do that, people will feel cared for. And when they feel cared for, healing has begun. And then from there, it's kind of a fork in the road. It's, all right, hey, I'm going to pray for you. Or it's, all right, hey, I'm going to introduce you to the next level of help. We got a ccc.guide. Let's look down the list together and let's see which one of these. Do we need prayer ministry at this time? Do you need to be connected to a community group? Do you need to talk to a spiritual formation director at the church? You know, we've got a list of options here. So, But start with that. Start with listen. Listen, understand, empathize, care. 
Everybody's capable of that. Once you've done that, it's like now the fork in the road is, okay, do I just need to pray for you now? Is that what we need? Or do I really need to connect you to a resource that I know our church has? Um, and no one does that better than Sean. You really have all of those letters in front of your name, um, but you don't walk in that way. You care deeply. And when you and I have had conversations, I've been on the other side um, of your listening ear and have learned how to listen by how you listen to me. And you do that so well. So grateful that you're a part of my life and a part of our church's life. And I do think that this, it's timely. It's timely uh, message and it's time for us as a church to do that better and to listen and to show up and be uh, Jesus with some skin on. Thanks, that's, that's good. And I'm, I know this won't be the last time we talk about hurt and, and helping people, but Sean, as we kind of wrap up, what are some maybe parting words that you want to kind of leave us with as you uh, wrap up this talk on getting real? I think that in its simplest form in Romans, it says that we're supposed to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And I think it's a very clear admonition to us that just says, hey, when you see somebody hurting, climb in there with them, listen and bring some comfort. And you're representing Jesus as you do that. Um, the good news is life isn't always about hurting. It's not always about mourning. There's going to be celebrations. There's going to be fun things. And be willing to jump in and celebrate with people. The verse in itself is just saying, hey, instead of trying to talk people out of where they are, why not go join them where they are and be Jesus in that spot? And I think that's what I would want to leave us with is, you know, learn how to see what's going on in somebody else's life and climb in there beside them for a moment and show some care and some compassion. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.